Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, brothers and sisters. Jazakumullah khair for uh, tuning in to this next episode of the Mike's Loaded Podcast. I have with me uh, another special guest today, alhamdulillah, Imam uh, Usama from uh, Finchley Masjid. Alhamdulillah. Um, Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. How are you today? Alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. Sheikh, jazakumullah khair for uh, agreeing to help us out with this uh, podcast today. Um, just before we start, just a little bit about um, yourself, just to introduce yourself to the to the listeners. Um, so you're the Imam of uh, Finchley Masjid, that's right? Yes, I am uh, one one of the Imams at the North Finchley Masjid. I've been serving uh, in the Masjid for a few years now. Uh, previously, I have worked as a Muslim chaplain in the prison service, uh, graduated or studied both in um, Darul Ulum in Dewsbury and Blackburn, Jamiatul Ilm al Huda, a master's in Islamic sciences from uh, Markfield Institute of Higher Education. Uh, and Alhamdulillah, originally from uh, Morocco, uh, my parents uh, migrated to, um, to Belgium and then I to the UK. <laughs> mashallah, mashallah. Just to break the ice to start off with, so you talked about uh, from Morocco, born in Belgium, living in England, studied mm-hmm. in Dewsbury. So yes. how many languages do you speak, Chef? I speak, Bifadlillah Ta'ala, four languages. Yeah. So... Arabic is obviously my mother tongue, uh, French, uh, English, and Urdu, having studied in a Darul Uloom setting, you can't get away yeah, with. <laughs> that's why yeah. I asked that question, because when you said yeah. Jews and the Darul Uloom, I thought, Alhamdulillah. I'm Although it's, sure it's getting know. a bit, my Urdu is, is very rusty now. I rusty. understand it more than, more than I speak it. Oh, uh, but yeah, it's one of the languages. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Uh, so today um, I wanted to talk about this topic of spirituality, okay, and especially I was going to title the episode, I might think about uh, if I were just the title, but I was thinking about on the on the um, topic of like spirituality, especially in this time of materialism, yeah, and uh, the reason that this came up is because um, I was listening to maybe a podcast or another um, uh, a YouTube video or something like that, talking about how now in the atheist movement, they're actually feeling like they've got something missing, a spiritual element missing, yeah? And I have colleagues and things like this that are, you know, into other things, not non-Muslims, into other things, but everybody seems to be seeking spirituality, you know? And obviously as Muslims, we have our own understanding of what is spiritual, what isn't spiritual and how to attain that. So I wanted to uh, discuss this topic with you. Um, if we start off with what what do we as Muslims understand um, the concept of spirituality to be? Because there's obviously so many different sort of like, you know, answers, ideas, etc, etc. What is like the Islamic view of what spirituality is? Well, f- first and foremost, as you uh, rightly pointed out, um, it is more and more difficult to talk about spirituality in an increasingly materialistic world. Mm. And I think we've reached a point where uh, humanity is crying out for um, uh, for for help, really. Um, and um, unfortunately, uh, it seems like the Islamic spirituality is the least. Um, uh, the West does not seem to be interested in the Islamic spirituality. Mm. You know, they're more interested in Hinduism, Buddhism, and the spirituality that these. Um, religions bring, or perhaps Christianity, um, uh, and not really focusing on uh, the spirituality within within Islam, uh, which w- would uh, really answer um, this this cry um, that 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 we are witnessing now. People are wanting a meaning to life um, and wanting to um, know the, the the secrets of of the human existence. Yeah. Um, there is uh, no no faith or religion that um, explains it, uh, and in, in a simple in a simple language, right? Um, yeah. In in other faiths, you have the concept of spirituality, and essentially, it is the search for for, for those who have a religion. It is the search uh, for God and for oneself, and knowing the connection 
between the two. This is spirituality for, for people that have faith. Now, when you don't have faith, you still have a spirit as, as a human being, mm. um, but trying to, and, and you perhaps there is a way of getting in touch with that spirituality, um, maybe. Uh, however, you are going to lose out the greatest uh, or most important component of your spirituality, which is connection to the to Allah Azza wa Jal and and the the unseen realm, and and that is really um, what we mean by uh, spirituality. So, in essence, Allah Azza wa Jal tells us that um, uh, part of our being or the essence of our being is our ruh. And I don't want to go into uh, technicalities and definitions and what have you, because um, that is the 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 field of scholars and well-versed people. We just want to have um, uh, a simple conversation um, for us to um, be able to connect with our spiritual uh, beings and inshallah uh, make, make our human experience a better one by doing so. Mm. So we know that our, our essence yeah. comes, comes from Allah, right? Uh, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَنَفَخْنَا فِيهِ مِنْ رُوحِهِ that the and and uh, in another verse where Rasulullah is questioned about the spirit and the soul, he says this is a matter of uh, my Lord, and you have been given very little knowledge, and and there is a wisdom in that that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has withheld the knowledge of our own selves from ourselves, right? In order for us to realize how dependent we are on Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and that we only have access to knowledge if He opens that door. Um, or the door to that to that knowledge. So um, our essence uh, is a spiritual one, meaning that it comes from a world that is unseen. Um, it is connected to Akhirah. It is connected. We are connected to Jannah. We are connected to Jahannam. We are connected to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. We are connected to the angels through this part of our uh, being. And essentially, spirituality in Islam is um, getting in touch. Uh, with that part of yourself and then uh, connecting that part of yourself with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and with, with Akhirah. Mm. So, so it's very interesting that you say it's that relationship that we have and it's almost like you're saying to almost find ourselves, uh, there's no way for us to do so without finding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, without you know, Absolutely. seeking it through and, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, and that is clearly, this is why when I said for a person who does not have any faith in Allah uh, or in, in a God, um, whether they can um, reach spirituality or get in touch with their, uh, their spiritual being, um, I, I, I don't know. You know it's, it's, it's really for a person who is experiencing that to tell us. But what yeah. Quran tells us is that anfusahum. They forgot Allah and he caused them to forget themselves meaning forget their spiritual selves it's not mm. you know somebody who does not have a relationship with allah is aware of himself and his feelings and you know the things they love and the things they hate the people they love the people they hate the pain they go through the suffering uh, the joy the happiness and and this is what um the western world is seeming to focus that this is uh, spirituality but spirituality is is far uh, deeper than that Mm. Um, in in Islam uh, and, and and essentially if if you don't if you forget about Allah then Allah will not open the doors uh, to this realm of spirituality for for mm. your heart yeah yeah it actually leads on to my well you sort of answered my second question which is uh, why human beings have this yearning for spirituality and it's almost like you you've actually answered it yourself in this first uh, phase of our discussion about how obviously we are spiritual beings and how we have these connections and if we're not going to find them the correct way then people are you know people are always just trying to come up with the latest thing to get some kind of uh you know spiritual sensation whether it's meditating whether it's you know some kind of you know all sorts of different types of practices that we see people doing yes. um yeah. so in a nutshell this is going to be a very broad topic and i know you could probably go on for a long time but in a nutshell how does the muslim attain that spiritual uh you know connection in islam like what are the what are the paths that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has opened for us in order to do that so in in his uh, justice and, and and wisdom allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made us all equal in the pursuit of spirituality 
Um, mm. So you, gaining spirituality does not depend on anything you own uh, other than your, your um, physical self and your spiritual self, right? Mm. Um, so it's really, um, if we wanted to, to phrase it um, in, in, in one, one sort of um, uh, sentence, um, attaining spirituality is through time, mm. effort, and following guidance. So you need to give time, and that is the, your most valuable asset. Right. So giving time is very essential. And this is why you see the worship in Islam or the pillars of Islam are connected to time. Mm. Right. So you've got Salah different times of the day. You've got the fast of Ramadan. It's a specific time. Uh, zakat in a specific time. Hajj has its specific days uh, in, in a year uh, because uh, essentially it is uh, the more time you give. Just as with anything else. Um, in, in this day and age, we are told that to gain expertise in any field, you need to uh, study and practice um, 10,000 hours. Uh, and once you reach that point, uh, you, you can be called an expert in, in a certain field. So it's really giving time. Anything that is acquired in this world is, is done through uh, giving the most valuable asset that you have, and that is, that is your time. So giving time, mm. making an effort, uh, and it requires a sacrifice um, and doing that with guidance from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we do not pick and choose. Allah has uh, and his messenger have drawn a path, a very simple path. And Allah says, مستقيما, uh, This is my path and it is straight. Mm. Uh, so follow it. Do not follow other paths because they will only lead you away from me. That is the admonition uh, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the advice from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So essentially, how do we get more spiritual? We give time, be prepared to be, uh, to, to have to make sacrifices, just like anything um, you uh, attain in this world through sacrifice, you need to sacrifice um, and doing so in accordance to the guidance uh, um, given to us by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Yes, uh, very interesting. While you were mentioning those three, I was thinking about if one was to have a combination of the two, uh, sorry, uh, two out of the three, you can see where they would be misguided. For example, time and effort, no guidance. Like, yeah. uh, you know, like monks, like Buddhist monks and things like that, they spend hours doing certain things. But because of the lack of guidance, they are, um, you know, they are misguided in that sense. You know, Sheikh, I thought you were going to answer that question differently. I thought you were going to give sort of your standard like Salah, Dhikr, Quran, etc, etc. But the fact that you broke it down into these things, uh, time, effort, guidance, it does really sort of like help to put our more ritualistic uh, acts of Ibadah into a bit of perspective, like how we should be approaching those, you know, and, and our mindset that we should be um, having towards them. How, how do we sort of like, you know, um, start connecting this, these concepts of spirituality to our ritual uh, ibadats that we do on a daily basis and uh, the, the nawafil that we can also do, like salah, like our Quran, etc. So that, I think th this begins <clears throat> with, with uh, a search um, and essentially these are, um, it, it has to be about a combination of, of thoughts and, and trying to, although you can't physically uh, sense your, your spiritual being, trying to be um, doing things in a way that you are, you are present mentally, you are present physically, um, you are trying to focus as much as possible on um, the, the, the world that is unseen. Mm. Um, uh, and in, in doing that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and with time and re repetition uh, of the same exercise time and time again, uh, will inshallah eventually start to uh, make us feel the, uh, our spiritual self because at, at the moment most of us are spiritually unconscious mm, yes we, we are spiritually unconscious and when a person is unconscious uh, they they do not they can't tell you what they need right 
um, they, they they are not able to feed themselves. They can't drink water. They can't protect themselves from from the elements. They can't protect themselves from any danger. And that is essentially what we are, because uh, the focus has become our physical body. And if you think about it, from the moment we wake up, from the moment we open our eyes, we are all about our physical being. Um, uh, you know, you, you, your your average person will wake up in the morning, uh, you will shower, brush your teeth, whatever uh, it, your ritual is, then have breakfast, this is physical, and then you, you go out to work, that, that is all physical, um, and, and then you come back home, if you do some exercise, that is physical, uh, entertainment is also physical, uh, so there is so much phys focus on our physical beings um, that we are uh, unconscious uh, spiritually, so to awaken um, that um, part of ourselves, I think first and foremost, it's really searching for it. Before you seek to, yes, you, you need to conscious, yeah? yes, make yourself conscious. And you do that uh, through a number of things, uh, but one very essential one is contemplation that mm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, gifted us with, with a mind. And, and when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks in the Quran about when we, when Quran speaks about spirituality, it speaks about the nafs, it speaks about the heart, it speaks about the mind, right? Mm -hmm. The aql. Uh, so it's really uh, searching uh, for um, our spiritual beings or uh, awakening our spiritual beings by thinking about Allah. So thinking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, you know, a, a very a good way of doing that is think about all of the the, the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted you. Mm. And then think about the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the prohibitions and how committed you are to him. Uh, and uh, think to yourself, if this was a human being who had given you and gifted you all of these things in your life uh, and you were able to see him and he, and, 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 and he was able to see you, um, how would you feel for um, letting them down in not upholding their commands, not uh, staying away from what they have uh, forbidden. And essentially, this is what Rasulullah described in the Hadith Qudsi. Uh, worship Allah as if you are seeing him. And if you cannot see him, and you will not see him, not in this world at least, then know that he is watching you. So really focusing our minds um, on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, contemplating the blessings that we have, contemplating the creation and the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and seeing, and that is the difference. Um, and ulama say that, you know, the, the heart is the, the center of our spiritual being. Hmm. And it has, it has soldiers and the soldiers are the sight and the hearing and the, 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 the ability to speak uh, and, and, and the ability to, to think and ponder. So if we utilize these channels, to think about Allah, speak about Allah, listen about Allah, and uh, um, uh, uh, so think about Allah, speak about Allah, and listen about Allah, um, then we are connecting uh, ourselves with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, and it's very interesting that you, uh, so, sorry to cut you, it's very, it's very interesting that you're bringing in the mind and, you know, looking around at the world uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created, pondering upon that and how that connects to our hearts as well. Because sometimes, like I say, in this, you know, physical world, we are just sort of like caught in this race of, you know, work and like, you know, family, et cetera, et cetera, and not taking that time to sort of like look at what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, ha has created around us. Um, why do you think we've got to this position, got, got to this condition uh, rather, as an ummah, you know, it's, it's understandable that maybe other people that don't have that guidance, but why have, has the Muslim ummah fallen into this sort of like, you know, uh, trap of almost losing that spirituality aspect when it comes to, uh, when it comes to our ibadah, our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, why do you think we have some of these problems? I guess what we need to remember is that, you know, part of our being is, is spiritual, but the other part is animalistic, right? Mm. Uh, and and uh, so part of you is connected to, to, to this realm, 
right? And and that is the nafs and uh, and the carnal desires, uh, the love to to enjoy pleasures of eating and drinking and so on and so forth. Um, and and when one when you don't have a balance between the two, then you lose your spirituality and one uh, takes over the other. Mm. The reason for it, I would say. Uh, one, one reason is that it is the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he destined um, that with time and with the passing of time, and this is the sunnah of Allah in all of the previous uh, nations. Uh, for example, Bani Israel are the children of Anbiya alayhim salam and, 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 and um, some of the greatest Anbiya alayhim salam such as Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, came from Bani Israel, but eventually with time, what happens is that people turn away from the guidance. And the thing with uh, with spirituality in Islam, it is something that was passed on uh, from person to person, from heart to heart. You can't learn spirituality through books, right? It, it, books will, 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 will direct you. Um, they, they will put you on the path, but it's, it's really, it was passed on from one person to, um, to another. Um, and we are lacking this today because the focus is 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 more on e even from the the uh, when we talk about um, religious Muslims, their focus is only on the physical aspect of their religion. So they are offering salah and you know uh, the, the wear the thobe, the sisters wear the hijab, and but the focus is so much on these things. You know uh, your copy of the Quran, how it is. Um, your musalla or sajjada that you pray on, how it is um, when we go to hajj and umrah, our focus is only on, on the physical things. And I guess um, one of them is the decree of Allah Azza wa Jal. Secondly, uh, the, the increasing pressure uh, that is coming from, from shaitan and his, and his followers, uh, because um, as one uh, scholar rightly put it, this is, this is the last lap for shaitan. And he needs to get as many people into hellfire as he possibly can. So he is increasing his efforts. And we are going away from, from the guidance. It is as simple as that. We, are, uh, we have disconnected. And there was a time where uh, and a number of things, you know, the Western world coming into the Eastern world has um, that impact. So, you know, uh, the West came with this uh, vision um, of bettering betterment of our materialistic uh, lives and we sort of uh, focus our efforts on that and, and and forgot so the right thing would have been that we focus on the materialistic world but at the same time keep our heritage uh, of our spirituality but what we did we let go of one and chase the other um, um, so uh, but alhamdulillah there is a an awakening um, yeah. That has happened uh, perhaps since the uh, late 70s uh, and 80s. Uh, you see that people, at least from uh, uh, outwardly, they are reconnecting with with their religion. They are searching for that for that missing link. However, yeah. as one of our um, esteemed teachers uh, would say, that you know when you see Islam today, uh, do not be fooled to think that we are living real Islam. We only have an image of Islam. Through all of these efforts, you know, perhaps uh, one or two decades of uh, people focusing their efforts, Islamic institutions, madaris, masajid, ulama, uh, lectures, and, and uh, all of these things that are taking place have only just began to create a, an Islamic image. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we do not have the, the, the spirit of Islam yet because we, we are not experiencing the things that Sahaba experienced. Yeah, and it yeah. is, and, and uh, yes, you know, first you will get the, the image of something. Once you have the image, then you can work on its essence. Uh, yeah. But if we stop working now and think, Alhamdulillah, things are good. We've got Islamic schools and many masajid and, you know, mashallah, a lot of lectures and people attending uh, uh, circles of remembrance and dhikr and circles of tafsir and, and halaqat of knowledge and what have you. And, and we stop here, then we will not attain our purpose, which is that spirituality. So the effort has to go on, and it is really uh, more an individual effort rather than a, a, a communal effort, right? Everybody has to work on their spirituality. Everybody's got to think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
everybody's got to think about their death. Um, and, and the more Rasulullah said, increasingly, uh, you should increase and think about death excessively, right? So the more you are aware of your death, the more you're aware of Allah, the more you're aware of Akhirah. Uh, and, and, and there are some tips that ulama give. Mm. And essentially, um, all of this can be uh, focused in our salah. And this is why it's the most important ibadah. Uh, and this is why we pray five times a day. Uh, it can be focused and, and just some practical tips that uh, a person should start to connect with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, and this uh, unseen uh, realm of, of akhirah from the time when they are making wudu. Mm. Because, um, uh, and, and one example of doing this is that, for example, if I begin to wash my hands, instead of just thinking about what I was doing uh, before or planning my, uh, my day ahead, once I begin to make, and this is why it is makruh to, to speak actually in wudu, to talk of worldly things, because this is now your time to connect with, with your spiritual being. So mm -hmm. don't, uh, if you start talking about worldly things whilst you are making wudu, you're missing that um, opportunity. So yeah. when you're washing your hands, you know, in your heart, obviously in our time, we, are, we cannot make zikr because the mustahab and the sunnah is that whilst you're making wudu, you're making zikr, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah. And you're pondering over these words, which connects you to Allah. But if you can't do that because, you know, our setting, the setting of our bathrooms, um, uh, we are not able to make zikr, but our hearts can make zikr. So mm -hmm. an example, as I said, is that, you know, when you wash your hands, think how you want Allah to give you your book of deeds in your right hand on the day of Qiyamah and not your left hand. And you want to be from the people of the right hand and not from the people of the left hand. Um, when you are rinsing your mouth, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable you to leave this world with, with the shahada. When you are uh, rinsing your nose, you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable you to uh, smell the fragrance of paradise and to protect you from the, 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 the smell of hellfire. When you wash your face, you ask Allah azza wa jal to, in, and this is in your heart, you ask Allah to enlighten your face on that day of, of Qiyamah and that your face is not darkened by uh, your sins and that Rasulullah recognizes you through that light that will stem from, from your face. Again, washing your arms, think about uh, receiving the book of deeds on, in, in the right hand. When you wipe over your head, um, uh, thinking about how you want to be under the shade of the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you want your head to be under the shade of the throne of Allah. When you are wiping your, your ears, think about uh, and ask Allah that he enables you to hear the call of success because Rasulullah said that everybody will either hear a call or that they are successful on the day of Qiyamah or unsuccessful. So the call of success and the call of paradise, when you are washing your feet, then you, you are thinking about uh, Allah making your um, uh, standing a firm one and uh, enabling you to uh, cross over the Sirat and not uh, be amongst those who, uh, whom, uh, who will slip uh, into hellfire from, from the Sirat. So just in, in your wudu, you have that opportunity. And imagine if, if you actually made wudu in this manner, once you enter into your Salah, it's going to be a total different experience. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's amazing you, how you're explaining that and just if somebody was just to take that and apply it maybe just once or, you know, just to ponder on these sorts of things, uh, I'm sure it would just transform even the wudu experience. And Absolutely. then that would lead on to having an effect on the salah because it's interesting you started talking about salah and wudu, etc. Because I was actually going to ask you my next question about, uh, you know, sometimes we're very busy, we're, we have to do our salah at work or, you know, etc., etc. Um how to attain that khushu. I know you've talked a lot about pondering, etc., etc. But um, have, just like you gave us some tips now, have you got any tips that might help us with attaining the khushu in the salah, especially with these busy, you know, times? Uh, the days are very short, etc., etc. What what can people what can people do? So what what we can do is that we um, the best way to attain khushu in salah is is actually to uh, warm up with nawafil, mm. right? And that is why the nawafil and the sunan are there. If you cannot do that, then even just a moment of dhikr, right? Uh, just prior to, to salah. And essentially, um, you know, the, the focus should be that when I am stood facing the qibla, 
then I, I, I should think to myself that the physical qibla, the, the, the qibla of the body is the Kaaba, but the qibla of the heart is Allah. Hmm. So my salah will not be just like my salah will not be accepted if I turned away from the qibla. Likewise, my salah will not be accepted if my heart turns away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And thinking about the majesty of Allah Azza wa Jalla and the power of Allah and how he is paying attention to you. You are, uh, we are minute, uh, in, totally insignificant. You know, imagine yourself, even from a physical perspective in this uh, vast universe, what are we worth? Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to now pay attention to what you say. He's going to conversate with you. He's going to respond to uh, your recitation. Um, it's, a, it's a great honor, but he, you will only benefit of that if I am present. So thinking about my qibla, the qibla of my heart is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then uh, some other things such as, uh, as mentioned by ulama uh, that, you know, uh, one person was questioned about this, one of the salihin, that how do you offer your salah? He said, when I stand, I think that uh, I contemplate and I think to myself that the angel of death is behind me, meaning that he is awaiting for me to complete this salah and he will take my, my soul. Um, paradise is on my right hand side. Mm. Jahannam is on my left hand side. The Sirat is below my feet. And before me is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. Right? Mm. Uh, so taking a few moments to just connect uh, with, with Allah Azza wa Jal and using these, and visualizing is very important. Except for Allah, uh, visualizing is, is very important. So if you can, you can put a vision of what paradise would be like, despite it uh, going to be greater, far greater than anything you can you can think. But there is no harm in in having an image of, for example, Sirat and paradise and hellfire and the angel of death. Yeah, it yeah. is only Allah that we cannot visualize and we cannot create uh, or yeah. attempt to uh, imagine uh, him in a form. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, the, the final one that I'll finish with, um, because I think this is something that even maybe amongst some practicing people is, uh, you know, not, not as emphasized, is um, the importance of dhikr and how uh, dhikr can have an impact. Like, you know, I'm, I'm talking about just, um, you know, just dhikr as you're going about your day, you know, like you might be cooking in the kitchen, you're walking to the bus stop, et cetera, et cetera. How important is it for us to keep our tongues wet with the remembrance of Allah? And what impact would that then have upon us? Absolutely, brother. You, you, you've, you've hit the nail on the head because salah is the best form of dhikr because it contains all of the different forms of dhikr. One is the tasbih and tahmeed and glorification of Allah Azza wa Jal. Uh, one is the recitation of the Quran, which is directly the speech of Allah Azza wa Jal. And as uh, someone put it, that you cannot get close to Allah with anything better than what has come from within him, mm. right? Which is his speech, uh, the Quran, and it includes dua. So uh, all of these three are important actually outside of salah. Um, and, and, and they should not be limited to just the time when we are offering salah, but actually exercising these things outside of salah. And, and perhaps the most important is, is dhikr and the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is the only sort of um, thing which Allah commanded to do excessively. Mm. Remember Allah excessively. Um, and, and when we come to numbers, excessive uh, ulama say that the minimum amount from, from a linguistic perspective, the minimum amount for excessive is 300. So when you do something 300 times or more, it is excessive, right? Mm -hmm. So our dhikr, we should have a, a word, uh, what is known as word or hizb uh, uh, of the Quran. So a portion of dhikr and a portion of recitation of Quran and conclude it with dua. This should um, happen in our daily lives. Uh, we pick a time when we are going to be alone and with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the, the best time for it is obviously the time of tahajjud. Right? Mm. Um, however, if we cannot do that, then the first thing in our day, the last thing in our day, uh, but really taking a time when we are alone, and this is exercising in order to perfect our salah. Mm. Right? Because salah is actually the best way to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it is said that one of the sahaba said that I do not like to 
fast, voluntary fasts, um, because it impacts my salah. And I know that the best worship is actually salah. So for that reason, I, I do not fast as many uh, voluntary fasts as uh, perhaps I, I, I could. Mm. Um, and and so so the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very essential. Um, and there are different forms of dhikr. One is the dhikr with the tongue for which you are rewarded, uh, but it has no impact on your spiritual being. So subhanAllah, 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 alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. But you're, you know, you're driving, you're, you're, you're exercising, you're working, you're shopping, you're getting some reward, bi'ithnillah. But uh, if the heart is not present, then you are not, uh, taking maximum benefit from that dhikr. And then there is the, the dhikr of just the heart, which means you, you're doing things, but you are connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hmm. You're thinking of Allah. And, and Allah says, فَإِن ذَكَرَنِي فِي نَفْسِهِ ذَكَرْتُهُ فِي نَفْسِهِ If you think of Allah, then he thinks of you. Hmm. Not that he ever forgets you, but he thinks of you with that special mercy and guidance is that directed towards you. So thinking of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and, and, you know, if, if we take just a moment, yourself and myself just now, right, we'll take um, perhaps 20 seconds and we're just going to focus ourselves on Allah Azza wa And perhaps closing the eyes helps because you don't see the materialistic things around you, but that is not a necessity. And just take a moment and I invite the listeners to do it um, when, when they are listening, you know, 20 seconds, 30 seconds and just... That feeling is mm. immediately you, you feel a connection because Allah Azza wa makes himself available, right? Mm. You make the effort and you will feel the connection with Allah Azza wa mm. And there is a sweetness to it. Um, but unfortunately, we are so caught up with physical uh, uh, pleasures that we forget uh, about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And, and actually the pleasure that you gain in being connected to Allah and some of the Salihin would say, that if, if the, the, the princes knew um, the sort of pleasures that we feel in our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they would fight us for it with, with their swords. Um, because it is an amazing, uh, amazing sensation to be connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you can do that throughout your day, right? Um, but it's also important to dedicate, like we said, time, effort, and guidance. So the time... There has to be a time in the day that you dedicate to Allah other than your salah, because salah is compulsory. Mm. Now you need to give some of your voluntary time. The more voluntary time you give to Allah, the more closeness you will you will get you will gain. Yeah, yeah. And and that should begin with istighfar. So I sit, perhaps for a couple of minutes, contemplate death, contemplate resurrection, contemplate akhirah, contemplate paradise and hellfire and judgment. Um, and then begin with istighfar. Because the Rasulullah informs us that our sins sometimes are the obstacles between us and, and reaching that spirituality. Because our hearts are dotted with black dots every time we commit a sin. So in order to cleanse our heart, we need tawbah, uh, seeking forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for major sins. And istighfar, that is asking Allah for forgiveness for minor sins. And when we are making istighfar and simple words, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, but really focusing, feeling humiliation uh, or, or rather feeling small for having committed the sins and transgressed the, the commands of Allah with the very uh, uh, body that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala granted us uh, as, as a gift. Um, so, uh, and contemplating that our heart hearts are actually being cleansed from sin whilst I'm making this istighfar. Uh, and the heart is like a mirror, as ulama say, that if it is uh, cleansed, then it reflects the light of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the nur of Allah azza wa jal. And if it doesn't, then uh, there will be no reflection. Mm. So focusing on that, on our hearts, when we are making istighfar, that Allah is removing the effects of of sins and we are drawing closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through that. So the first step is istighfar, perhaps a hundred times. If we can't do a hundred times, then 
a number that is from the sunnah is 33 times if you can't do 33 times 10 times if you cannot even do 10 times then do once mm. but start somewhere you know it's like uh, a physical exercise if you just sit there planning this amazing diet and and this amazing workout that you are going to do six days a week um, but if if you don't physically start doing something you're never going to reach uh, those aims and goals so if you uh, and, and and doctors will tell you or, or uh, sort of fitness instructors that if you can't run if you can't go out for a run then begin with walking mm. right if you can't even get yourself to do that then perhaps do some um, star jumps in your in your living room but you know pick a time that you are going to start with that is easy for you that is not going to be very difficult this is also one of our problems is that sometimes we want to change things and we go straight into the deep end and we can't maintain it because we don't have that spirituality to maintain so we do it for uh, a day or two a week or two and then we give up and we say well we've tried it and it didn't work so it's it's giving time and then gradually increasing that time mm. so if you can't do 100 do uh, perhaps 10 times if you can't do 10 times then do just once but be physically and mentally present mm. and say astaghfirullah right mm. and that's then, more than you would have done the day before isn't it absolutely absolutely and and the most beloved actions to allah are those where you are constant right mm. because allah will send trials now now you've committed now you're going to get trials right you're going to get busy uh, you know your, your children are going to uh, be sick your wife is not going to be in all of these things will come and allah is looking are you going to stay committed to that time mm. right that you've given and it should be really a specific time not when, when i get the chance to because mm. you'll never get the chance to we are too busy and as we get older we get busier yeah, yeah um, so istighfar uh, and then sending salutation upon Rasulullah. So essentially, when we have cleansed our heart, our connection to Allah is through Rasulullah because he is the one who brought the guidance that Allah made him a means. Uh, so uh, to send salutation upon Rasulullah prepares your heart to begin to receive the light uh, and the nur uh, of this spirituality from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Rasulullah tells us that if you send one salutation upon him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, 10 blessings descend from Allah. And essentially, this is what we want. So sending salutations upon Rasulullah again, uh, when we do that, think about, visualize that you are stood in front of the grave of Rasulullah Those of us who have been for Hajj and Umrah, um, they will know uh, the feeling that you have when you stood before Rasulullah There's a feeling of, of awe and, and, and respect uh, for the the the... the the master of of mankind um but at the same time there is a, a feeling of um uh, humility that you you really uh, let rasulullah down after all of the sacrifices you know him sacrificing his 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 uh, um everything you know his his social status um, the love that his people had for him sacrificing his home uh, you think about Ta'if, Rasulullah being pelted and stoned and then having to face the battle of Badr and the, then the battle of Uhud and Ahzab and Khaybar and many uh, expeditions and all of this for the sake of you and I mm. to, to gain this deen and this connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yet we have completely erased him from our lives except for the few sunan that have become rituals. Mm. We, we don't really think of him we don't send salutations uh, and and this is the the the, the sunnah of allah azawajal, that if you are not grateful for something then allah azawajal takes away that blessing so because we are not grateful uh, for the sacrifices that rasulullah made for ourselves we have been deprived connection with allah through following the sunnah of rasulullah and and the guidance of rasulullah so when you are making sending salutation upon Rasulullah contemplate that feeling of being stood before him physically, uh, before his grave, and think about how you are going to face Rasulullah on the day of Qiyamah, when he says to you that I have made all of these sacrifices for you to have deen, and uh, and and he's calling out for the protection of his ummah. Yet you may not be deserving of that because 
having gone away from uh, his sunnah and, and, and from his way. So these meanings that you can contemplate, inshallah, Azza wa Jal. And then the third one is La ilaha illallah. Right? So with istighfar, you're cleansing your heart. With uh, sending salutation upon Rasulullah, you're establishing connection. And then La ilaha illallah is what increases iman. It's what connects to Allah. It's, uh, you know, as the, the, the hadith states, uh, uh, it is the key to to to, to paradise, yeah. and, and 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 for it, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala created the universe, right, to establish that actually La ilaha illallah, there is no god but Allah, uh, worthy of worship. None is worthy of worship, and He is worthy of worship. Why? Because there is no creator except Allah, and there is no provider except Allah, and there is no sustainer except Allah, and there is no knowledge except through Allah Azza wa Jal. There is no wisdom except through Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala. Denying and negating everything and attributing everything to Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala, And really focusing on the heart. And ulama say that when the tongue says La ilaha illallah a thousand times, the heart says it once. Mm. It's only after repeating it so many times that the heart actually uh, says it once. Uh, so how many times do we need uh, to um, uh, remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through this kalima. So we begin with la ilaha illallah and then once we've reached a point where we are doing this regularly then we introduce the other adhkar because they are also completing um, and, and they're uh, focusing on different uh, ways uh, of connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So subhanallah, glory be to Allah that Allah is pure from any uh, any defect, Alhamdulillah, all praises due to Allah for all of his blessings. La ilaha illallah, in total control, total power, total knowledge, total wisdom, total mercy uh, is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, Allahu Akbar, nothing is greater than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But initially, these first, these three dhikrs are very important. Istighfar, sending salutation upon Rasulullah and la ilaha illallah. You know, if, if we can do it a hundred times each, that would be good. If we can't, then at least 10 times or even one time. And then also reciting the Quran, reciting the Quran, you know, a juz of the Quran, half a juz, a quarter of a juz, one page of the Quran, one verse of the Quran, but having some, because Quran is what, it, it's come from the, 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 the spiritual realm from the from from the lawhul mahfud from allah to lawhul mahfud to the uh, first heaven to dunya right so you have to have some quran and then after that concluding with a dua right concluding with a dua and these are essentially the actions that take place in salah so concluding with a dua um, you know, in the beginning you don't really know what what to ask for because we are not in the habit of making dua and it's Unless Arabic is your language, don't make dua in Arabic. Make dua in your own language so that you're focusing on what you are. And ask for Allah for all his blessings and ask protection from, from all harm and from all evil. But when you see, when we say, Rabbana we think about, you know, a nice, uh, pious wife, righteous children, a nice car, a nice job, a nice house. But actually, dunya hasana also means that, Ya Allah, grant me more iman. Grant me more taqwa, grant me more tawakkul, grant me more love, grant me more fear for you, grant mm -hmm. me the good qualities that Rasulullah had, generosity, courage, mercy, uh, selflessness, all of these things are part of fid dunya hasana, right? And when we ask protection from evil, it, it should be from the evil of sins, from the evil, you know, the hidden sins, the, 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 the sins we commit in public, from the uh, bad traits, um, jealousy, hatred for one another, uh, envy, uh, suspicion of, of people, thinking low of people, uh, making fun of people. All of these things are part of the evil that we are seeking. And really, uh, the, the purpose of dua is saying that, Ya Allah, I am making this little effort in order to connect with you, but I know that my heart and the doors of my heart are in your control. And if you do not allow me, and if you do not guide me and if you do not give me the strength then i cannot reach you mm. uh, if we have these inshallah and we implement them in our heart uh, in our lives 
then inshallah our hearts will connect with Allah Azza wa and it's really very simple brother um, these are things that most of us know um, perhaps we, we could not talk about them systematically in this manner but we all know these things right istighfar and sending salutation and making dhikr and reading Quran and making dua um, yet we all seem to think that we are missing a link uh, and that there is a shortcut to Allah Azza wa and maybe if I make this dua or if I do this thing you know it's going to be because why we are not willing to put in the effort and that is like the people who are trying you know looking to get rich through these you know uh, quick, get quick schemes uh, rich quick schemes yeah yeah and 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 eventually what happens they they realize that actually no you need time you need effort you need sacrifice and that is how you get wealthy and that is the same thing with people wanting to lose weight you know the, you see all of these advertisers do this thing for 7 days and you are going to lose <laughs> all of yeah. your weight and it, it's it's a fallacy right it's a, a insult to the intelligence of the human being right you cannot gain anything without sacrifice and effort if we start to take these steps then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will welcome us and as he says in a hadith Qudsi you know you start taking steps towards Allah and Allah Azza wa Jalla will receive you and he will grant you uh, what you uh, aim uh, for and what you aspire to in ta'ala I think that's a beautiful place to uh, end it here we talked about so many uh, very interesting, inspiring uh, points, many good uh, tips and advices. Jazakallah khair, Sheikh. Um, I really appreciate your time. Allah is uh, very uh, beneficial. I know it's late for us. Um, with your permission, it'd be great to have you on in the future, if ever you're free, um, because I think uh, it's very beneficial. Jazakallah khair. Inshallah, tabarakah wa ta'ala. Yeah, we, we, we can arrange, bi-ibnillahi ta'ala. Uh, but um, as I once, uh, uh, having attended the lecture of uh, uh, a young sheikh, mashallah, uh, and he delivered this this amazing lecture. And at the end of it, he said, um, I, I don't remember his name, but I remember the words he said. Uh, he said that um, what I request from everyone is not to come to me and say, mashallah, it is an amazing lecture. Um, it, it will only be a good lecture if we have implemented it in our lives. And if we do not implement it in our lives, that shows that that lecture is not good, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really about um, bringing, and I, I'm speaking to myself, uh, and in all honesty, it's about bringing these things in our lives rather than talking about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in talking about them, yes, we aspire, and it is uplifting, and there is this feeling, good feeling that, yes, inshallah, I'm going to start making an effort. But unless you start taking the steps, then you are not going to get what you aspire to. Uh, and yes absolutely in the future if we get an opportunity to uh, inshallah have a discussion and share some of our, of our thoughts um, then uh, I would be happy to do that okay brothers and sisters so that's it for today uh, this topic of spirituality if you benefited from it inshallah please uh, first of all try to implement what we've discussed and then secondly please share it with others so that they can benefit as well jazakumullah khair assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh